Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ochaba. Ochaba. Hello and welcome back to Blaster Cannon, a Den of Geek podcast about Star Wars. From the movies to the books to the comics, whatever, all of the canon stuff. I am one of your hosts, Seth, and with me as always is Megan Krauss. Hello. And Paul Herman. Sorry, I was swallowing some gummy products while you guys were talking, so hello. <laughs> hello, everyone. Thank you so much for... Uh, listening to us, and uh, it's very exciting. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about today, right, Seth? Heck yeah. So today we are going to be covering Celebration, uh, which Paul and I went to, and Megan was, like, adjacent to, because <laughs> she was she was in the same area, she just wasn't at Celebration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I confused so many people, and I apologize for and also <laughs> am amused by that. <laughs> I thought I thought for a minute there that you were I'm like maybe she is here like for celebration and you're like no 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 I'm covering a different thing I'm like oh <laughs> like I'm here but I'm not here but I'm glad I got to see my Star Wars friends for a couple evenings before the actual Star War began yeah honestly the best time to catch a Star Wars fan is before celebration begins because then they're not like losing their mind over celebration that's true they're not either losing their mind or exhausted afterward is everyone like recovered from con crud and i'm not sure i've emotionally recovered and i wasn't even there but i'm getting there <laughs> con crud i think i'm on the last day of it now finally i never uh, got it i never got it damn it Paul. I, well, here's what you gotta do i did airborne vitamin c for a week before and i just sanitized every every time i touched like a, a railing or a doorknob i just sanitized my hands with my own personal hand sanitizer and i did that on repeat for the whole time i was there never got sick and i've been yeah. sick both times i went there beforehand so i was ready I this time i haven't gotten sick the last two celebrations so i thought i'd be fine and i also didn't get sick at gdc which was like two weeks, three weeks beforehand, which may have been my downfall is because I was prideful. I, I was arrogant because mm. I didn't get sick at GDC. And so it just had to happen at Celebration instead. Uh, but luckily it happened after Celebration. So that was fine. Um, and yeah, emotionally not recovered. I'm not sure I ever will be, honestly, because there was so much. This was a weird celebration for me because at the same time as there was so much, I didn't come away from it with one particular exciting thing. I found the trailer for episode nine to be very exciting, but overall, <laughs> I feel it's a very much wait waiting period for Star Wars where all these things are still on the horizon. And there are some exceptions to that. I think people who were at the panels were able to see clips from The Mandalorian. People who were at the Resistance panel were able to see an episode, which I yeah. did not see. So if there was, if I had seen those, I could talk about them. But instead, it was basically this whole weekend of, of ads, right, for upcoming things, <laughs> which is yeah. sounds cynical, but is what it is. 
Well, I, I think that it was it's one of those things where I knew what I was getting myself into because I knew it was going to be it's just kind of advertising for all these things that are coming out. But I have to say, if I had to give a grade of it overall as a convention of, of organization and presentation and trying to give everyone something, I, I have to give it an A, to be honest. I really thought they did a good job. I, yeah. I didn't think I didn't think Orlando was very good. Orlando was not good. <laughs> yeah. And on, on a lot of different levels. But with with this one, even though everyone got to do what they wanted to do, I did feel like it was organized pretty well. They did it the best they could to make sure everyone could, you know, when they had the swag stuff for all the panels, the ticket idea I thought was pretty genius, to be honest. And, yeah, you had to wait in line for it. But you know what? There was no, like, fighting. There was no I – I got screwed over. Like, everyone got a ticket. They had enough tickets. And, you know, I was, I, able to, I was able to get all the stuff I wanted to get for the most part. You know, with the exception of the pins from the Fallen Order panel, which we can talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> but but that but that was a misunderstanding from the from the host, basically. So um, so but, but anyway, uh, I thought it was a really really well done uh, convention, and I it probably it's mainly probably because it was big enough to handle everybody. I think if that makes any sense. Like it was yeah. a pretty big convention. So, but I had a blast. I, it was probably it's even though I'd say that the best. If I had to give a grade emotionally, I would say my favorite was the first one I went to in 2015. But this Anaheim. is probably yeah. yeah. But but this one I, I still it just kind of I was telling my friends today I said I think I, I officially love Star Wars Celebration not not just because my friends you know because that's the reason I go essentially I actually loved the convention itself like I really loved everything that was going on like this is awesome and so it really revitalized my Star Wars love because I was I'll be honest we'll talk about a little I know we have a limited amount of time but when we talk about Rise of Skywalker. You know, I I wasn't as excited for Star Wars because of all the drama going on and my my thoughts on the Last Jedi and things like that. And the, this celebration managed to turn all that around, which we'll get into later. But yeah, it's been a really cool. It's been a, it was an awesome convention in my opinion. I'm really yeah. glad to hear that because there was some concern about the organization after the initial rollouts and after Orlando. I'm not gonna lie, the app was terrible, and they do need to fix yeah. that for the next celebration. Like it was supposed to be used for most of the stuff that you do, and I couldn't use it most of the convention because there were a lot of people trying to use it at once for the same things all at the same time, and so a lot of the stuff just was broken or didn't work. Uh, but I feel like they've probably realized that and they'll have a handle on that by Anaheim if they do the same thing. So I don't have a huge like I didn't miss out on any things I wanted to do, which is fine. So I don't have a big gripe with it. It just the app sucked. The app really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because I just I went old school. Just got you know our friend Ben uh, gave me his uh, pamphlet or his uh, booklet. I like I need to get one of those one of those uh, whatever that what you call them um, the whatever the, the the celebration book that you has all the schedules on it and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not sure what you call that. I can't think of the name right now. Anyway, it program, yeah, duh. Uh, I needed a program. And I'm like, where do I get one? And Ben's like, here's. Get, I'm like, oh, sweet, thanks. And I actually use that a lot, so <laughs> it was really helpful. <laughs> Did so, they yeah. not have those in bins around the place? I oh. didn't see any. I, I, I just didn't. I, for whatever reason, just missed it. I, yeah, not, I didn't see um, where to get them at all. I know, I knew they were around, but I didn't see any of them around. Um, yeah. But yeah, like going back to what you said, Paul, about like how this revitalized your Star Wars love. I feel like it did that for a lot of people. Like I had a lot of friends going into this convention uh feeling quite like burned out by star wars and by the drama and star wars and the fandom discussions and all of that and pretty much all of them came out of 
this convention like yelling about Star Wars and how much they love Star Wars. So yeah. I do feel like this definitely revitalized a lot of people's love, mm-hmm. um, which has been really nice to see. I mean, it also I was also feeling similar. I, I was really only excited for this convention because I wanted to see Friends and they came out and I was like, oh, I'm excited about Star Wars too now. Well, you know, and I have to say too, like the drama, we it, it, stuck, it sucks because the drama is there online and we're going to be seeing that. And, and let's be honest, people highlight the drama you know, even though they don't mean to deliberately, but like when they when you quote tweet things and you retweet things and you address issues, which I think are those are all valid things to do. I don't want to undermine that by any means. But the problem is you're also giving it attention. So it's kind of one of those things where you're like, well, you're bringing things to our attention that suck. And it's like, ugh, and it drags you down. So where Celebration was literally everyone was happy to be there for Star Wars. And, the, and it you, was it, amazing. Like, yeah, at, at at the panels, like, uh. People were like chanting for Kelly Marie Tran and Ahmed Best, right? Like, yes. I remember being at, I was at the Star Wars show stage uh, to see, I was there like in time for seeing like Kelly Marie Tran come out with JJ Abrams and Daisy Ridley come out and everyone um, because we, we'd gotten told that Erin Kellyman was coming out. So we went to see her and then everyone else also happened to come out around that time as well. Uh, so I was quite close to the stage and everyone, as soon as Kelly Marie Tran came out, just started screaming Kelly. Like, everyone was chanting it. Yeah, everyone was, was so really excited cool. to see her. And it was really cool as well seeing J.J. Abrams, like, make this obvious effort, like, this active effort to show the fans how much he respects her and, like, loves her being part of Star Wars. Because not only did he say at the Episode Nine panel that, like, the best thing Ryan Johnson did for Star Wars was hire her to be part of it, um, but when all of the cast was coming out onto the Star Wars show stage, he comes out with Kelly. Like, he actively comes out with Kelly, and he deferred to her with questions and everything and, like, showed how much he respects her. And I think that was just, like, an amazing thing to see the director, who has, you know, all this respect by the fans, being like, this woman is amazing and we should all respect her. And I thought that was really cool to see the cast and the crew rally behind people uh, to, like, show that they're there for them. Yeah. and, and also everyone chanting for Ahmed as well in yeah. the Phantom Menace panel. I didn't expect that, but it was amazing. Yeah, it was it was just a great reminder that the, the Internet is a small minority of people. And those that small minority is, is going to try to exploit everything for their attention for profitable gain. You know, so so just keep that in mind when if you're if you want to like hate watch something, you are like someone who's bashing Star Wars or saying ridiculous things about whatever, and you don't agree with them. Just remember you're you're giving them money back for that. So don't even <laughs> watch it. Like it's it's best to ignore the, their idiot you know idiocy or idiocracy, whatever you want to call it. I can't. I'm not good with English. I'm bad. <laughs> but anyway, but I I had an amazing time. It was great seeing you, Saf, and Megan for a few minutes anyway. Yes. Uh, so, but I had a great time seeing everyone. Um, got to meet a lot of new awesome people. So yeah, it was it was a great time. I, I can't and honestly, I can't wait to dig in and all this stuff. We got lots of stuff to talk about. Next all right, time I'll be able to be in the video with you. Yes. Oh, oh my God. There is a video of me and Paul, if you haven't seen it, uh, on the Den of Geek Twitter account, um, talking about a bit about the Rise of Skywalker because they chased us down there, like, let's do a video. So we were like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I I did not know what to do with my hands before the video started recording. So if I seem a bit awkward, it's because I didn't know where to put my hands. Um, I was like screaming about it. It was a thing. I'm I'm (laughs) laughing about this because. Shout out to John Saavedra, uh, my editor. Yeah, John's awesome. He texted me and was like, hey, what's like Paul and Saf's social media information? And I said, basically, they're they're on Twitter. Like, don't you see them on Twitter? And he goes, oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sure it's the convention. It's crazy. He was very busy. I did not begrudge him asking that question at all. But I felt kind of like, well, I'm going to give you the really obvious answer, and I hope it works. And it did. It did. And he was super lovely. It was lovely meeting him uh, and getting to do, like, an actual video thing. I'm I'm a podcaster. I'm not made for video. <laughs> it's very obvious. That was a lot of fun. But thank you, John, so much for doing that. I really yes. appreciate that. That was awesome. Yes. So speaking of episode nine and our reactions, let's talk a bit about that because Woo! I feel like that's the big thing. The big thing that's happened in Star Wars now is that, you know, we finally got a title and a trailer or teaser trailer for episode nine, which I keep calling episode nine, despite the fact it has an actual name now, which is The Rise of Skywalker, which has a lot of theories. But we'll dig into that soon. First of all, let's talk a bit about the trailer or the teaser, because that was a whole thing. Uh, Megan, I'm going to send this to you first. What did you think about it? What was your favorite part of that teaser? Uh, so I think my favorite part is the last scene with the, the brief clip of Ray, Poe, and Finn all together on the ridge overlooking what is probably the Death Star. Yes. And it's my favorite because J.J. Abrams made sure to come out and emphasize that this is going to be a movie where the trio are together. And it's going to be about their friendship and about that found family aspect. And I love that. And I need it more in my life. So I'm really excited for the three of them to be together. There's one thing that I like have extremely conflicted feelings on about the about the teaser also, but it's up to you. I can say them now or I can say them later. Do it. <laughs> the flip. Okay. Yes, so, thank you. Thank Ray you. Scene. The the first scene, extremely cool, right? Like I do love it. I love that it starts with Ray kind of getting control of her breathing. I talked about this a little bit on Twitter about how the idea of like Jedi breathing techniques is so important to me because it works in the real world. It's not magical it's not the force but it's if you breathe like that it does kind of change your body and like when I was a kid I would try to do these like breathing exercises to help me sleep and so hearing that on screen immediately gave me this like a bit of recognition and this idea of like she's become a Jedi now she's more in control of herself she's more confident of herself and I love that so I say all this to make it clear that I like the scene in general but when she flips and it's like half a forward flip and half a cartwheel, it's sideways. I don't know enough about stunts to know whether there's a name for it. I just know <laughs> it looked silly. <laughs> so I thought like it was beautiful, but all if she had just done a front flip, it would look so much more like controlled and instead it kind of looks like a cartwheel in the middle of the air and all the stills that people are posting are like oh it looks so cool and I'm kind of like you can't even see her face it just looks like a collection of limbs and I'm very picky about action choreography so I'm like I just want I just want her to flip forward instead of sideways so that you can see her face more and get a better sense of the direction that she's going and yeah, that's my, that's my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> I think part of that is that um, I think forward flips need more momentum to like fully propel you because you're doing like a side flip like that, your legs are kind of pulling you around. Yeah, but she's also like going like 60 miles an hour, so I don't Probably. know that it's about the practicality of the situation. <laughs> Possibly not. Um, I'm I'm actually a huge fan of the flip, but I like more messy stuff. So that's probably where I come from with it. 
I think I'll be honest. I don't the the flip itself. I have no problem with. I think it looks cool, kind of the thing. I, I, the whole part is fine. What I don't like is it's it's like pretty much eighty percent of the teaser is that. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's obnoxious to me. I feel like uh, it's a teaser though. I know, or, but there's a problem. It teases nothing. It just shows Ray jump over a, a tie fighter. I want more like scenes. Yeah, but there's from so it. many theories about that. What does it mean? Yeah, yeah I, 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 a tie fighter. To me, I'm like meh. But but here's the thing. <laughs> I th- I think in the in the in the movie it's gonna be fine. But I just wanted more out of the teaser because I'll be honest, I don't really care for that part. Up and then it's not the teaser doesn't start for me until after she jumps over the tie fighter. Where I'm like, yes, I get some scenes with Poe and Finn, which I want to see them in action. Like I think I everything else is. Ray. What's that? I can't believe you hate Ray. No, I love Ray. That, that's the thing. I mean, but I, it's just like it's just so long and drawn out. I'm like, I want to see other people too. You know, I, I got, to, I want to see, I want to see, I just wanted to see a little bit more. I know, I know it's a teaser, but I feel like it was put there mainly because they didn't have shots ready to go necessarily, and they knew like, man, we're kind of we're we don't want to reveal also too much yet, and. So how do we give a teaser, but it's going to be long enough for... I disagree with that, actually, because I think, like, the vast majority of people I know who aren't, like, big Star Wars fans and don't dig into stuff, they just think that looks really cool. So, like, it's a big lead up to, like, it's a slow lead up, kind of, for a teaser. Because you get, like, like, that's kind of the thing is it builds up to this big thing that you haven't seen Ray do. You haven't seen these movies before. So, like, for the general audience, it's a very exciting thing. And that being a big part of the teaser, I think, because it's such a big, exciting thing, means that, like... It, that's the thing that's largely remembered for a lot of people. Um, and also the it, disc at the end, obviously. Yeah. I mean, like, like it, whoa, who's laughing there? And people and people will say, have said that to me before too, Seth, like that that is a buildup. And, and and that's probably where I'm like, okay, but like for me, I think you could have done something. Like, I, I still go back to the, uh, the original Force Awakens teaser that with, with, you know, when Han says, you know, should we were home, that part excluded, I think it's a great teaser of showing a little bit of everything from the movie, even though not everything was in the movie that you look at, you know, there's shots in there that aren't in there. But at the same time, uh, I loved what, you know, after whatever happened after the jump, I, I loved. So there's one of the things I, I really liked about it, what, what I, what I'm getting a feel for is this, it just feels like, again, I've gone on record saying that like I love J.J. Abrams' first half of Force Awakens. Like I love, love that first half, and I kind of got a feel for that. I think in that when, once the trailer started moving around different shots, uh, I got a feel for that again. And I think J.J. does have a feel for Star Wars, even a better than mm. it's better than Ryan Johnson, at least for me. It's more traditional yeah. than Ryan Johnson's approach, which I yeah. think is very appealing, and I, I generally prefer. Yeah, well, it, it, here's the thing though, like with me, like there, there was there, Ryan Johnson did some great stuff in Blast Jedi. You know, I've I've all, I've gone record saying that as well. But that first, the first up until they leave Jakku, I love. Like I, it's a, some of my favorite Star Wars ever. Is I just love the the pacing, and in Star Wars, I feel like there is there needs to be some at least with the saga films. You know, it's it's ending. I do think there needs to be some kind of cohesive uh, ideas behind it, but with the tra- with the teaser though, like there's there's a scenes with um, the, with the skiff with with Poe and Finn and three PO are on, like seeing Fury those three PO looks like he's like riffing <laughs> on some air guitar in there, honestly. Yeah, I know, and I love I, just that whole scene. Just remind, it just felt very Star Wars to me. It, that I felt that was possibly mm. missing, and I'm like, yes, this is exactly what we need to see. Is they're on a skiff being. Chased and oh, I loved it. And 
it was great seeing um like Poe and Finn's costumes move a little bit, albeit like very very little. I will say I love the new the new costumes they have. I think they're really oh fantastic. yeah, they're so nice. Like I love Poe's outfit is great. It looks it feels very Star Wars to me. Uh, Finn's outfit is so different. I love his blue pants, man. Oh uh, he gosh, loves him too. I, see, <laughs> I want the outfits to be more different. I kind of laughed when John Boyega was like, I have blue pants now. Because I was like, man, it's just a different color pants. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was so excited about those blue pants, though. <laughs> but he looks so different. I mean, like his, he's wearing a similar jacket, I guess. But I love I love the blue pants with, with the accents. Can I just like, say, like, different. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Can I say though, with Ray, I love that she has a hood now. Like that's a very like Jedi Master kind of thing is having the hood. So she's got her whole normal outfit, but she's gone white, which you know oh. is very, very thematically strong considering the movies and everything. Uh, and that's cool. But she has a hood now, and I'm so excited for her to wear that hood in the movie. Yeah, she's a hood with with bare arms. That doesn't yeah, make yeah. any sense. I was gonna say that's kind of silly. Yeah, oh, that's a little weird. aesthetic though. Like <laughs> she must have a joke. She must have a cloak or something she wears that the ditches it later. She must. I don't know. She, I don't know. She doesn't it. need that old that old fusty Jedi stuff. She just needs the hood, cause then she can uh, look cool and like hide her face. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, here's the thing. I love. I I I'm I'm not like I'm kind of one of those people that's kind of indifferent about her costume in 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 uh, Rise of Skywalker so far as far as we've seen. Just just because I'm kind of like eh, I'm not wearing basically the same thing she wore in the first film because I loved all the outfits she wore in the last one. I love the poncho and her uh, her octu outfit. Like, I love I love all that stuff. Even her like gray Jedi robes that she wore or whatever you want to call that. Her octu post octu look when she fought uh with the uh, Kylo Ren, I love that outfit too. I felt like those were cool, like really legit outfits that she had. So it was kind of depressing. They went with like the original, you know. It means things. I I I think you're right. Don't get me wrong. I think you're right. But at the same like, time. I think- the point of what she's gone back to is that she realized that she didn't have to be someone else. Like she's found herself and it's that person that she built up in all those years. Huh. I like that. And she's because... got that evolution of like, she's got like the pure white now instead of like the gray or whatever. Uh, she, so she looks very clean and everything. And even like her buns are still different. Like they're the same three buns, but they're done more intricately. Um, and mm. I think it's like, she's gone back to like, she's, she doesn't have to be a Jedi. Like she doesn't have to wear Jedi robes and she doesn't have to like change her change into resistance gear either because like she's who she is and she's kind of solidly figured that out. At least that's what I'm reading from the outfit. Yeah. I like that a lot better than what my interpretation was, which was that she needs a more um, traditional Jedi type outfit to symbolize her growth. But I think what you said connects with, what the theme of the last Jedi was, which was that she always is going to have that scavenger element. She always is going to be herself. I just hope we see that in the writing as well as yeah, the costumes. Same. Big well, same. <laughs> and, and and we also could know too that it, it could be a purposeful fil- uh, film uh, aesthetic idea where they want it that she is going to, it's what she represents as a pure white. Is that maybe a, a new order or some kind? Like she represents something. Obviously, Luke says that in so much in the in the trailer or the teaser trailer where he says, This is your fight now. You know, we're everything we everything we've given you everything we know that a thousand generations live in you now. And there is, there's something interesting, interesting to that. Like, you know, thematically, what does that mean is the white, does that mean 
that she is like the savior of the force or savior of the Jedi or of new order? Is she, what exactly does that mean thematically with the film? And the, the filmmakers chose that aesthetic. Why did they, you know, JJ is very, is very deliberate when he does those things. Cause those, those are all, those are all very traditional, um, story, you know, we're sort of looking for not stereotypes, but just, archetypes yeah archetypes excuse me yeah thank you like themes <laughs> and whatnot like those are all things that he's going for and and again i think that i like the idea that he's going back to more traditional archetypes and themes in uh rise of skywalker because i think because if you look at the whole saga as a whole if it is in fact going to be nine films that you have to go back to the traditional idea you can do experimentation within the films i mean george even did that for god's sakes but with even with last jedi you got to realize that that this is, you know, this is not a experiment, experimental art house Star Wars idea. No, no, this has to be kind of grounded in these old themes and old archetypes because that's what the story is kind of supposed to be. It started off with Luke, and then it, you know we show how like Anakin was like was basically Luke, but went a different path, and now we've got to figure out what Ray's journey represents in the Skywalker saga because obviously it has something to do with the Skywalkers because of the title and she's the main character so there's but it's interesting that we're going that route with the thematically and that's where i i am not hating on the outfit as much as i I, because it leaked a couple weeks before right yeah yeah i remember seeing it because i was already prepared for it because i was already like i'd seen it when it leaked because i'm okay with costume links i guess i've i've kind of chilled out on my spoiler rules not story spoilers still not pro those for myself and i was like i like that that's cool i dig that so when i actually saw it in the trailer i was really excited about that yeah i just hope to be honest i just hope there's a she has another outfit like just kind of i want something different i mean i always love multiple costume changes me too too. so i do hope she has more (laughs) i want costumes i love and and, you know i feel like you know ray has gotten has gotten some cool costumes at least again i love her last jedi stuff a lot so uh yeah i hope we get that so there's a big part of episode nine that we haven't really touched on which is the return of darth sidious (laughs) uh yeah laugh I felt like such a fool because I was immediately like, wait, Snoke's back? <laughs> oh my goodness. It was, I streamed that. We were watching that. We streamed the entire panel in a hotel room with like a bunch of people. And I was sitting by, I was sitting next to a uh, Canadian fanboy and Jay guys. And they're both big like Sith fans. And the moment that laugh started, they just, they lost it. They were like screaming. And it was amazing witnessing that in person. Uh, I was also screaming. Everyone in the room was screaming, honestly, because nobody saw this coming. Uh, Everyone was screaming and I was just confused. Mood. (laughs) (laughs) I figured it out and I have theories now. Yeah. Well, first of all, like people who hadn't like streamed the panel and just saw the trailer, there were a lot of people who were like, whose laugh is that? Is that is that Palpatine? I'm not sure because if you watch the stream right after the trailer ended, uh, Emic, oh what's his name? McDermott. McDermott, thank you. Uh, Emic McDermott came out on stage and like said something like "roll it again" and then dropped the mic and walked off. Uh, and so everyone <laughs> watching the stream was like, "Oh my God, it's actually him! It's actually Palpatine!" People who hadn't seen the stream and weren't like super knowledgeable at Star Wars were like, "Who is that?" So I totally understand like. People I mean, who weren't super knowledgeable about Star Wars and me. And, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop dragging myself now. I uh, yeah I mean, God I can't believe they've done that. I can't believe they've done this. <laughs> I didn't. He's gonna go all X on it. You yes. Oh my goodness. 
Exocoon. I, wow. I Death Star's haunted. Death Star's haunted. Death Star's haunted. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, we we talked about that on, on that video show a little bit, uh, Saf, with that. I think that's very – I think that very much is is happening. I think that he's definitely haunting – he's or his spirit is residing around that area that Death Star 2 is around. And he must have some kind of influence because I'm assuming that – the the it, that Death Star two is on Endor the forest moon of Endor just because the planet of Endor. Well, no, the reason I think it's the reason why it's I think on one of the two suns called Endor. Right, right, but I think I it's on the forest. It's on the suns. I, I think it's on the forest moon of Endor where the battle for Endor or whatever or the battle of on what you know what I'm saying from Return of the Jedi it was on. The reason why I think that is I think there's a connection between the the fact that Kylo Ren has. Darth Vader's helmet that was retrieved from where Darth Vader was burned, his you know, everything. And I'm assuming that when he went back there, he could have been influenced by or is drawn to that place from the dark side of the force because of the Emperor Palpatine. And I think maybe he's roaming around that planet possibly. Um, but either way, I, I think he's definitely there's obviously something there going on that he's attached himself to. And and who knows? Maybe he, he has attached himself to that helmet. Um, I mean, in, in The Force Awakens, Kylo does say to that helmet, like, show me again the power of the dark side or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, great. It's like yeah. that the helmet has in some way, like, he's gotten some sense of the dark side from that helmet. What if there is Darth Vader is separated from Anakin and is in the helmet? I'm not going to make that theory. It's a dumb theory, but that's my theory now. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. I think that. I mean, the, the 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 Clone Wars had the thing with Darth Bane, which, like, wasn't really, like, you know, it was its own little thing. But, like, it yeah. came with the idea that, yeah. you know, the Dark Side Spirits played can... Played by Mark Hamill. Played by Mark Hamill, yeah. <laughs> Mark Hamill's destined to be evil. Uh-huh. Uh, like, he's he's stuck to that, that place. Uh, like, I don't actually remember the context of it, and I think it might have been a hallucination. But the, it had the idea that this Dark Side the dark side spirits could be stuck to there. And then you have like the Lando comics and the Darth Vader comics that also back this up because there's other stuff that does this as well. Like it's, I have noticed it coming into the new canon and I did wonder if it was ever going to be like a big thing at some point. Uh, but I didn't expect it to be the Death Star. Like when I mean a big thing, I didn't mean a literal big thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
I do feel awesome. sort of vindicated because the Lando comic is always stuck in my head because it's so good. Yes. So the fact that this was kind of intentionally or not foreshadowed on there is just cool for me because it's a comic that I've read multiple times and I enjoy. It's such a good comic. If you, yeah. if you have the Lando comic and want an idea of what we're talking about, that comic definitely sums it up. Yeah. Like four or five issues. It's not yeah. long. Yeah, it's, it's it's five issues. All the trades are usually five issues. And Charles Soule, the same writer who followed that up from Lando, his, his great Lando series, he follows up that same helmet into his actual Vader comic, which is fantastic, phenomenal stuff. And I'm with you. I've always thought that was interesting because they've been supplanting that not just in the in the comic books. It's more it's more noticeable in the comics. But again, isn't Tarkin, there like some hint of it? I mean, I haven't read Tarkin. in Tarkin. Yeah, uh, but isn't there some hint of it in um? bloodline or aftermath in, in aftermath like the, i believe yes aftermath for the dark side things that get yes. stolen i think yeah. there was like some hint that there was like stuff residual in them it's been a long time since i've read aftermath, the so like to be beyond they, they, yeah they, they, yeah they that's talk. what they thought yeah, yeah. Well, no because no because they, they there's a there's a part where i believe one of the better parts that chuck windig wrote um <laughs> Uh, sorry, I threw that in there. Um, <laughs> he wrote the part where someone puts on the helmet and they it, it came like he like that person got all the visions of the dark side. Like that's right. It, yeah. yeah. So there's that part. So they definitely were setting up like Lucasfilm were setting up the idea that the dark side energy surrounds the physical objects, which again goes in line with what George was talking about, how the dark side can manifest itself like the regular light side does because they could just consciously conjure up like hey. I'm Luke, you know, even though that's a rare thing to have happen. I mean, yeah, they have to work really hard to do that, but it's not a dark side thing. That they right. Can. You know, it's impossible. But what's fascinating is that they're obsessed with living forever. It only it's it's a very ironic but really cool idea. The fact that they can they can haunt physical objects and survive that way because they're so obsessed with the physical realm that they are they are literally attached to a physical object. It's a really fascinating idea. And that's where, I'm, you know, that's this is where I don't really know the exact role that um that the emperor is going to play necessarily obviously he, he's the means to an end but what exactly that means in in the series or in in the skywalker saga uh, finale the rise of skywalker it remains to be seen i i have i i just don't know what the rules they've established that he's going to have this giant role where they're all going to team up team up against him personally i would love that i would love that i would love to see the emperor be uh, the main bad guy that Ray and Kylo Ren and they have to take over. It would be it, fitting after yeah, absolutely. him being the big bad and like all of the previous and the previous two trilogies, right? He's the big bad. He's the one right. who's controlling everything and the one that they have to defeat. And they don't defeat him in the prequels, but they do defeat him with quotes, uh, with quote marks <laughs> in in the original trilogy. But now he's back, and I like. I never thought about the fact that like he is an essential part of the saga films, but he is. And when they brought him back, when like you hear his laugh and this, I'm like, it makes so much sense that he would be back. But and here's the thing too, I, I remind myself is that they wouldn't put his laugh in there if he didn't have a crucial part in the story. Yeah. And that was, you know, so that's that's where I had to check myself a little bit. Like I had to trust the fact that they have to have a conclusion. And the reason they're bringing the emperor back is is because that was always the case as, as we read because I didn't read start reading this stuff until I got done with celebration actually sat down and started researching more uh, rise of Skywalker stuff where Captain Kennedy would basically confirm that this was always the intent like this was all which I thought was fascinating because they all said that like they didn't have a they didn't have a plan and I, I believe that I, I believe they let Ryan do what he wanted and I think Ryan just kind of went 
went kind of crazy and then they kind of said you know what we may have to bring this back to the original idea of george because they brought george yeah back. so you know? that yeah that's interesting that that lucas did consult on some of this um i think that the emperor coming back is a very succinct way to show that this is the conclusion to all nine yes. movies like what's Great. a better way he's been the villain since day one he is the phantom menace and now we're concluding with probably his final defeat that makes me feel like this comes less out of left field mm. i do yeah. wonder what the size of his role is going to be because at first my brain went immediately to he's going to be a military commander he's going to like really take <laughs> over things and then went like they're probably not going to go that way because number one he doesn't have a body number two we still have all this um first order to sort out so i think his role might be relatively brief like he'll be present there'll be kind of clues leading to him they know they need to get to that death star ruin for some reason whatever's going on with kylo and ray like will resolve itself in a way um or it will be exacerbated and like they'll all fight like a three-way fight at the end or something well you know but- um, the, the Emperor is really only going to be in it for like 20 minutes is my prediction. Which, which is fine. Yeah. Which you, you, I don't think he was in it for longer than 20 minutes in episode six. It's not like he was in it a ton in that movie either. He was only in a little bit. So if he's in it as like a little bit less than he is in Return of the Jedi, I'm in. Like I don't need him to be in Revenge of the Sith like mode where he's in majority of the movie. Let's just, get, let's just do a few select scenes with him. And like in Return of the Jedi, maybe a little bit less, like maybe give it like five minutes less screen time. That's fine. Because I kind of also think this, I think that he could possess Kylo Ren at some point. Like, I think like that potentially could happen, but he could like, I I don't know. There also, there's also (laughs) proof that there could be a team up, but I think I wouldn't put it past him possessing the last remaining of the Skywalker line and then Ray defeating them both to, you know, at once or, or maybe at one point, uh, Ben committing suicide to like, you know, for, because he knows the emperor is attached to him. If he like, if he dies, the emperor will die. Oh, his that's, with him. that's another thing I've heard before. Yeah. That's, that's a new theory wild theory. Yeah. That's <laughs> new. Well, I, I, I just, the reason I think that is because I think Kyle Ren is such, is such a, to me, he's a very sympathetic character. I know our, our friend Charlie on on Twitter had mentioned how Ben has been through a lot of but a lot of through a lot of awful things in his life and, and just through and doesn't give him like obviously just justification for doing all the awful things that he did but he grew up in this really messed up kind of idea where his parents may may have been absent we don't know what kind of parents they were but I kind of it's kind of the uh, it's insinuated to me I think in the in the in the stories that I'm reading that I think Han well, had he trouble grew up with, in a time that like also like they were trying to establish peace after a war like he was exactly that was happening which means that you know whether or not like his parents intended to not be fully there for him like han was off doing his stuff leia had to do her politics stuff yeah and they couldn't fully be there for him in the way they probably could have uh and also in bloodline like you know he finds out about darth vader and everything not through actually talking to his parents about it like he he did as much as we love Leia and Han, he probably did have a pretty rough childhood, yeah. especially with that Skywalker blood in him. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem to make anyone's yeah. childhood easy. Not to yeah. like get into this, but you can have a rough childhood and not become a murderer. Though I mean, I totally agree. Like, <laughs> no, I totally I'm not, agree. I'm not like totally on one side or the other of this. I just, I don't see uh, Abrams making Kylo Ren nearly as sympathetic as Johnson did. Yeah, I feel like. I'm not going to, really? like, go off 
into the weeds about this too much, but Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens and Kylo in The Last Jedi were practically two different characters to me. I, I would I would tend and to agree for the I'm really curious point, to yeah. see how Abrams kind of resolves or possibly just completely ignores that. Well, I mean, I, one thing about The Last Jedi is people keep saying that like he's gonna like, you know, re redo stuff and whatever, but like one thing the last Jedi did is was it killed Snoke, which left place for Palpatine to come in. Um, like, I don't think Ryan just went off and did whatever he did. He consulted with JJ. They did talk. Like, they were working together. Um, like, whatever Ryan did, I think, was in line with whatever the idea is for this movie. I don't think it's going to go back and revoke anything. Like, as much as you may hate that, Paul. No, uh, I, I, like- I, I disagree completely. I don't I don't think so at all. Because you got to remember, JJ had nothing to do with episode eight and nine when they were working on this. Because Yeah, I but, well, but but here but here but here's the thing because I've said this before. But like actually, Ryan was talking to JJ when JJ is working on the Force Awakens. Right, because he he wanted to make sure he's like I want to I want you know he basically said oh can you make sure BB-8 goes doesn't go here like that was basically the extent of yeah, it. Yeah, I know, but like the fact that they talked, I feel like they probably would have talked about the stuff beyond that. Like whether or not they planned for it, like they would have talked about it. That's how story. That's how people work. Like, but but JJ has. But here's my point: is like JJ was an executive producer on the sequel trilogy. It's a money thing at that point. Like he has, I mean, like he was doing his, he was off doing his own thing. He had, they had, you know, Trevorrow come in and they had other people work on the scripts. Like JJ was as far away from that project as probably as you could, with the exception of just the fact that his name's attached to the trilogy for money reasons, because that's why he was brought on in the first place. This is all real high level stuff, too. I feel like even regardless of how much they did or didn't talk or did or didn't plan, there's changes in the direction that make it whether or not a character is sympathetic. Yeah. And those changes no, I, are only going to be seen at the at the scene level, you know? Right. And But I think also that there's to me, we won't know if they're how, like, again, I'm not sure if there's going to be a retcon. I don't, I don't think there's going to be any retcons. No, I don't think there's going to be any retcons, but I definitely feel there's going to be a lot of just kind of shoving, kind of not addressing certain things that happened in the last film. Nah. Like some things are going to have to address, nah. obviously, like like Luke dying, obviously. <laughs> no, nah, you're wrong. You're totally wrong. JJ, okay, we'll, like we'll coming in this from a collaborative storytelling, like, I mean, we'll see. the field I work in, like, JJ's one thing, JJ's not going to, like, JJ's too. not going to retroactively screw over Ryan Johnson because he's not screw just making George a movie. Lucas. He screwed over George Lucas, had no problem doing that, and that's a yeah, way bigger deal. Yeah, because he's George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, that's Ryan Johnson. It's it's totally yeah. it's it's a bigger Ryan deal. Ryan still making movies. I don't care if you don't actually like some of the stuff in the Last Jedi. Like from a storytelling point of view, like J.J. Abrams isn't going to come in and like screw over the second movie in the trilogy that he's worked on. He's it's, not going to do that because that but, makes a bad movie. He makes his whole trilogy bad by doing that. But, but, he ruins his first movie and his final movie by doing that. And that is the thing that people are forgetting is that he is working as part of a story. He's not just making a trilogy for himself. He's not just making the final movie for himself. He is making it as part of a trilogy that is established already. He can't just go through and retroactively change things because he doesn't like them. He will expand on things and grow on them and maybe subvert them, but he will not like go back and like make anything not true anymore or like well, push it away and forget about it because he doesn't care about it. Like that's not I would that too. I, the I would, difference I would, between subversion and outright change exactly. is key there too. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah. Cause, cause I don't think it's going to be like an obvious, I think, but I think it's not going to, it's not going to exactly play off at like 100% where they're going to call back to so many different things that Ryan set up. 
I think it's the exact opposite. And that's where I, that's what I'm trying to explain is that what I consider to be small, you could be considered to be big and then vice versa, right? As far as like, there's some things that are not, they'll be very obvious. Like obviously Luke is dead if Luke is dead. But like, as far as like people's roles, like what if, you know, Kelly Marie Tran doesn't have a huge role in the film? What does that say? Does that mean that like he's acknowledging, like you could argue both ways because obviously Ryan Johnson set up that she was a huge, you know, she's a big part of the movie. And if, if Rose all of a sudden, I'm not saying she is or isn't, but let's say, for instance, if she isn't, then would that say then he's then subverting away from Last Jedi? We just don't know. And that's it's what, not subversion. That's, well, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, 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 Seth, some people could argue that. And yeah, you, but they'd be wrong because they don't well, understand storytelling. Anyway, well, I just wow. want to, I just want to wow. say, uh, when I saw, when I heard the Emperor's laugh in the end of the movie, I had two thoughts. Uh, one after the other. First one was Sith zombies. Uh, second one was, oh my god, Sidious is Darth Plagueis. Um, and none of those things are probably going to be true, but those those were the things I thought as soon as I heard that laugh, which says can, a lot about how I approached Star Wars. Can you please explain the Darth Plagueis one to me? Because I thought about, you tweeted about that, and I thought <laughs> I about it, and I don't understand how you've connected them. Because... He's discovered the secret of eternal life. He was lying to Anakin, and he was actually Darth Plagueis the whole time. He uh, was Plagueis all along, and yeah, he, but he was himself he was, the secret of immortal immortality. Yeah, yeah. And he's just using Plagueis as a story so people don't come and look for Darth Plagueis. Uh, that's my Does theory. That make him less or more... Okay, okay I respect <laughs> your theory. You don't have I, to. Don't yeah, I know you don't have to. <laughs> it's a very stupid theory. Uh, I would actually prefer the zombie side of that, but I don't think it's that either. <laughs> I think he's gonna be a ghost. He's gonna be a ghost. He's gonna be a dark side ghost. I'm betting that, or he's gonna be a very weird old man. He's <laughs> just a, just a guy. He's just been he's fishing just on the forest moon <laughs> All right, let's let's move on uh, real quickly. Some other stuff. We got the Clone Wars season seven trailer. Uh, I was very excited about that, and I got very emotional watching the clips from it that they showed at the panel. What did you two think about that? The Clone Wars is going to outlive me. I'm going to be 90, <laughs> they're going to be on season 65, and <laughs> I'm going to have to give up and surrender. <laughs> I mean, there's not much new for me to say about the Clone Wars. I find it generally dissatisfying, although extremely uh, good for the community and fun to talk about afterward, but I definitely don't take it as seriously as a large chunk of the fandom does. I'm really excited to see Siege of Mandalore because it has more Darth Maul in it. But and Bray about... was mocap for the fighting and, set, yes. which is extremely cool. Which is extremely cool. I don't really have any deep thoughts about that. I just think it's extremely cool. Yeah, the animation looks like real slick now. The animation is so good, and I'm really excited to see that because yeah, like the same. It's different. It's totally different. Um, which I guess is obvious to me because I've watched so much of the Clone Wars. Uh, but they have like they've tweaked some of the stuff to make like expressions more obvious as well. Uh, which they talked about in the panel, and watching some of the clips, like the clip that they showed us with Ahsoka, I don't know if they actually went out to the streaming public, uh, but, like, the animation was amazing. It was, like, really fluid, really nice. Comparing it to, like, the first season of The Clone Wars, it's totally different. Um, and so I'm really excited to see it for, like, an animation side, because, oh, I need some I need some real slick 3D animation in my life. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was really, <laughs> I thought it was really well done, and I'm really excited about the episodes coming out, and Siege of Mandalore looks awesome. We're finally going to get an answer of what happened. 
Yeah. And then talking about Mandalore, I guess we also got Mandalorian stuff, which uh, the general public streaming it didn't really get anything, which I still think is stupid because they could have at least put the trailer online. Uh, but Paul and I were both in the panel, right, Paul? Yep, I was there. Yeah. We actually got to see the stuff, which was amazing. It was an amazing panel if you were there, and it was not a great panel if you weren't there, which sucks. And I don't think it's the best decision. confirm? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think that's the best way to do it, honestly. But from what we saw, like, it looks really cool. There were a lot of people saying that, like, when the clip starts, it feels very fan-filmy, which... I do agree with, but I think part of that is just because we're not used to Star Wars in this way. Uh, it's very different in a way, but it looks really cool. And also, uh, what's her name? Gina Carano looks like an amazing buff lady, and I'm into that. Yeah, it was a. I thought it was an amazing panel. It was probably one of the best panels I've ever been to. And it was one of those things where I really was blown away. And I even though I, I, I really think it sucks that no one else got to see it in the high definition that it deserves to be seen in. It was obvious that they couldn't do the only reason why they didn't broadcast it is because they couldn't overshadow rise of Skywalker. That's the only reason why, because makes- if you, if you release that footage, it 100% overshadows rise of Skywalker. 100%. There's no doubt. I have zero doubt. Everyone would not be, wouldn't shut up about the Mandalorian and it only makes sense because you have, because honestly right now I feel like, like myself in the last Jedi, I just not super stoked about the, the saga films whatsoever. I went into the rise of Skywalker panel or episode nine panel, just not excited. And it was through like JJ and the title and everything made me even way more excited for the movie than I ever anticipated. And I feel like, there was there, there's the overall impression is, is that that movie has definitely split phantom down the middle. And I think they, they really needed to focus on selling the, the rise of Skywalker. I mean, it's rise of Skywalker doesn't make money regardless, but I think they really needed to like show people like this is, we're doing something here. This is, this is, you know, the direction we're going. That's, there's a reason why they didn't reveal the title until the, the you know, until celebration. Cause I think there, there's a plan in place that they're trying to get, at least I don't want to say goodwill is not necessarily the right words, but they're trying they're trying to get kind of build something like, hey, we're, we're build a buzz again about it, because I feel like there wasn't really a buzz, at least in my opinion, from the people that I talk to and things that I see online. And I feel like that's the mission that they accomplished is that they I feel like the Rise of Skywalker has brought a buzz back into the saga films and the Star Wars in general. But when you put the Mandalorian in there with it. It's you. You would automatically overshadow it because this yeah, Mandalorian. Yeah, you get a lot more of the Mandalorian as well. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, it's just, and there's just so, and it's also just kind of a, a very u- new and unique item that's that's not been touched on by Star Wars yet. And I again, like, and, and I, they have. I remember too, they've got other things that they're, they're going to be broadcasting the Mandalorian trailer from, and that's going to be probably D twenty three. Mandalorian comes out like what in November, like the same week as Fallen Order does. So there's a lot of things going on that are that they are going to be broadcasting this with. And they just did not want to ruin that that buzz. And and remember, JJ is a part of it. Like JJ is probably, you know, I don't think he's going to want to be upstaged by a TV show later on. I mean, there's 
again, I don't know, but I, I'm assuming that does play a part in it. But I would imagine the marketing and the and the and the heads up of top said, you know what, if we do this, it's gonna they're gonna they're gonna you know cross interfere a little bit. But at the same time, the why why are you releasing it in November? Is so I I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I feel bad for the people that didn't see it, but I also think that's why John Favreau was just kind of like, eh, yeah, don't record it. Eh. Like I just he told us like after the yeah. trailer showed, and then afterwards he's like, oh yeah, we were meant to say don't record that. But of course, like watching the trailer in the audience, you could see everyone had their phones out recording it because they hadn't told us not to. Everyone was doing it, so like that's out there. It's on the internet. They didn't really stop us. They didn't try. They could have tried if they wanted to, but they, they didn't kind of tried, but, but it wasn't. It, I mean, yeah. if they actually cared, they would have done the whole thing. We like the same thing they did with Rogue One, basically where you went in and like, they had like those detect, like heat detectors or whatever, uh, infrared or whatever to make sure that the people didn't actually have their phones out. Cause that's what they do at things like this. Like if they don't want something to be leaked, they will make sure it doesn't happen. And they didn't do that at all with this panel. So they didn't care. They wanted people to see the footage. They just want to make it a thing. So like, if you do want to see the stuff, it is out there because I saw people recording the entire time. I was in there uh, and it is worth seeing even if it's not big screen high definition stuff because it's really cool stuff like I was you know kind of psyched for the Mandalorian mainly because Taika Waititi is doing a thing in it uh, but otherwise I was like eh Star Wars TV isn't really my jam I don't really care about Mandalorians that much whatever but after that panel I was so psyched I am so ready for the Mandalorian it looks amazing and I am actually really excited about live action TV Star Wars now which I didn't think would be something I would say the Herner Warzog monologue that he talks to the Mandalorian, it was just, it felt so, it felt like Star Wars, but yet it felt something even more real than the what we got. And it, it, it kind of felt more in line of like Rogue One, I mm, feel. It doesn't and, have a very Rogue One feel, yeah. Yeah, because that grit. And I I was blown away. I, I thought it was amazing. And I was really, I just thought it was really weird that so many people were complaining they didn't have a host and I for the panel. And I... 100% disagree with everyone that thinks that they should have had a host because I love the fact that we had uh, Favreau and Dave Filoni on it stage. It was like rambling about it. It was kind of cool. I loved I loved <laughs> it because it was something different. It was something that you, you got to see the pure joy on these guys' faces of especially Favreau. Favreau, you could it was beaming. He could not wait to to, to talk about the Mandalorian. It was amazing. And yeah. I, I love seeing that response and people. I mean, I saw like on a, one, another Star Wars podcast video show, big time video show. It won't be hard to figure out which one it is, but one of the hosts was like, oh, "I don't. They should have had a host because I couldn't understand what the person's name was." Or yeah, I really. Thought, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Is that the biggest complaint? Is that you didn't get Carl Weathers' like name accurate and you didn't know if it was grief or grieve or what? Like that was the biggest deal. <laughs> That's why they needed a host. Like really? I mean. I laughed because I also didn't know what that name was. But yeah. It's a good it name. It doesn't matter. No, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'm not agreeing I mean, with that. Like you say that, it's but I mean, name. The Force Awakens had a host and nobody knew how to spell Dio's name for like a day. So, you know. Yeah, it's, that's my point. Is like it's, it's, and that's <laughs> of course I'm mad about the droid, but you know whatever. Yeah, I just that, I'll be honest. I've gone on record saying this and. I'm gonna go ahead and say it again that there's this is gonna this could replace Game of Thrones as far as like maybe not as like the overall adult entertainment as far as like you have that 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 dark dark area with all that stuff but like we're talking like as far as buzz around the water cooler it could be that that popular and that good. Oh, I actually sure hope so because I'm so sick of talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Oh yeah, I would love it if everyone was talking about Star Wars for once. That would be great. I would finally. <laughs> Finally, I would be ready for that. I mean, I 
I don't want to be the person who's like, I'm tired of hearing about Game of Thrones and that's part of my personality because I think that's become a cliche as much as anything. But I would much rather it be a conversation about Star Wars that I can follow, even though conversations about Star Wars also sometimes degrade into people (laughs) attacking one another and then you just end up with murders like in Game of Thrones. Not literal murders. Not literal, but they do happen. (laughs) see that went to a dark place which we don't need to happen too much in star wars it probably Mm -hmm. little will happen in the mandalorian i do feel like the Mandalorian's kind of going to fill that like void that 1313 and underworld or whatever it was called never really got to fill uh which will be nice to see that people will finally get the thing they want they can shut up about gritty dark star wars bounty hunters um (laughs) <laughs> I say that like I'm mad. I'm really excited for this show. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so we also have like another big announcement thing, which was the Jedi Fallen Order trailer. Uh, and everyone was like, this game's not going to happen. It's never going to happen because <laughs> that keeps happening. myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm quoting everybody basically, but I, I had faith because not only do they have like, like a double force Friday this year, which also includes Jedi Fallen Order, which I think we talked about on an episode. Um, but, like, they've been working on this game for, like, five, six years now. Like, this has actually been a long time thing. They didn't just, like, hand this over to them recently, and they've just turned out a game. They've been working on this for a while. And I feel like by this point, if it wasn't going to happen, they would have canned it. But also, I mean, we finally got a trailer. And the trailer basically means that we're going to get this thing, because they made a big deal about it. Um, and yeah. at the stream, because I streamed it because I, I decided to do yoga. I didn't make it into the panel, I think. And... Like, the guy, I don't remember any of the guys' names, which is the worst, but the guy was like, there's no loot boxes, no microtransactions, it's a single-player story, and the audience was, like, went wild for that. They're so excited about that. And I'm excited that everyone's excited, because I want more single-player story games (laughs) so bad. So bad. And I'm so excited that Star Wars is actually doing one, and that it's about the Jedi after Order 66, because I love that stuff so much. Yes, this game is something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. I like that it's about uh, about sort of finding the legacy of the Jedi. I really love the aesthetic in that first image, which was the kind of ancient-looking lightsaber on a stone pedestal with sort of runes around it. Like, that's just a great mix of high-tech and ancient and i want more of that um the second sister also looks like an interesting character i was a little um not disappointed by but almost confused by the extent that they were leaning on the fact that it was motion captured if only because i didn't so when Battlefront 2's campaign came out, they also brought out Janina Gavin Carr and said like this is our main character and 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 did similar promotion for her and she had such a stage presence and i don't think that that is the case where the the main actor will be as much of a draw in in this i just don't feel that charisma from him but i don't know that that he won't be maybe he will be good i'm not sure but the emphasis on like this is our guy didn't quite work as well for me but i'm really looking forward to the dynamic between all of the characters and the um the new villain i did kind of a write-up about who is the new villain who are the inquisitors why do like why are there theories that she might also be this character? Of course, the answer to why is because that's what fans do. But uh, so all that I am curious to 
look at video games and Star Wars are the exact intersection of all of my interests. So I will be there for Jedi Fallen Order. Also, there's a cool little droid. I'm mad that every cool little droid that got revealed is a boy because, of course, uh, droids don't have gender, Brad, but the droid is really cool. And it's thematically, like, important because they talked about how this, the main character, whose name I can't remember, is it something like Cal? I don't know. Yeah, is, Cal. Wow, I can't believe I actually did that. I did that. Amazing. Um, He's, like, looking for light in this dark time, right? Like, that's kind of the point of the story, is looking for light. And then this droid is literally, like, a little flashlight on legs, basically. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's literally (laughs) providing light. And I love a thematic droid. Like, that's some good stuff. Uh, So I'm very excited about that. And I am keen for whenever we get a gameplay trailer. Like, I know the first trailers are never gameplay trailers because they're like, look at the cool story we're doing. So I'm okay with not getting gameplay in it. But also, I do want to know how it plays because I'm really curious about that. Uh, And I am excited that they bring the Inquisitors back because I love when the fiction stuff ties in together. And that ties in with Rebels real nicely. And also other stuff. Yeah, gameplay is going to be really important. I want to see what the traversal looks like. I want to see what the lightsaber fighting looks like. I do not want it to be like the force unleashed in that it's all about really big huge flashy force powers i want it to be a little more grounded than that which i think it will be based on what we've seen so far i'm really curious to see how they design interactions and everything in it uh the team working on it respawn is a great team like it's a lot of veterans uh, who really know what they're doing. So I bet this game is going to feel really good to play and it's going to look good and I imagine it'll have a pretty good story too. So very good. I also want to give a shout out to that team for actually bringing a woman up on stage uh, for the panel. Um, even though it was she was a producer, so she didn't actually have that much to say about the game itself. But I applaud that it wasn't just a panel of white dudes. That was good. Good work, Respawn. Um, <laughs> Paul, are you are you playing to play this game? Oh yeah, I'm gonna play it. I'm very excited. Uh, I think everything about it looks rad. Uh, the design's really cool. Um, I love the fact that we're going up against Inquisitors. That definitely seemed like a no-brainer when they first announced it, and I love the fact that it's it's definitely tied into the Darth Vader comic books that uh, came out. And See, now I feel like the big dum dum because I never once thought about the fact that Inquisitors would be in this game until I saw her, and I was like, oh yeah, Inquisitors. I, I, I would, I assumed, I never, I never like. I mean, like, it makes sense to assume it. I just never, it never crossed my mind. But at the same time, I, I just never know what these games are gonna do, right? But yeah, it, it I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be a great, a great game. I'm like, what's crazy is the Mandalorian and this come out within the same week of each other. Yeah. It's going to be, Same. November's going to be a wild time because we're going to get this, we're going to get Mandalorian, we're probably going to get a bunch more, like, I mean, is it November when Force Friday is happening as well? So we're going to get, like, all the merch coming out, it's probably going to be books coming out, like, there's going to be trailers and, like, TV spots dropping for uh, Rise of Skywalker, like, November's going to be wild. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be insane. Like, it's like basically from the Triple Force Friday that they've already talked about, which is going to be doing those three things the, the Fallen Order, Mandalorian, and then Rise of Skywalker. The fact we're going to get all three of those. And then it's like, I think, it, I think it's in, is it October or September? I think it's September. When, when Triple Force Friday hits, man, it's going to be ridiculous 
ridiculous and it's yeah. going to get and it's going to be pretty much Star Wars from here on out because then after a month after the Triple Force Friday and they do all that stuff then October is when we're going to get the, the real trailer the story trailer you could say for the Rise of Skywalker and then right after that everyone's be beaming for that and then pretty quick soon there it's going to be Fallen Order and then Mandalorian and then all after that it's going to be Rise of Skywalker and, and even all, before uh, then we get like we've got some good books coming up because we've got uh, Master Apprentice just came out. I haven't read it yet, but I've been hearing really good things about it, and I'm really excited to read that. Uh, Alphabet Squadron is coming out in June, I think. June? Yeah, June. June uh, 11th. Yeah, June 11th. I know that that's a good point, because I thought it was coming out in November, uh, because dates are around different ways in New Zealand. And I was very excited when I found out it was coming out in June, because it means that everyone can yell about it sooner. Uh, and then we're also getting the Dooku audio drama, which I'm really excited about because I love audio dramas. I love Star Wars. They're mushing the two together. I have no clue what kind of format like it's going to be structurally, but I'm really excited about a Star Wars audio drama. Uh, and I feel like everyone's really excited for that after reading Master and Apprentice as well. So they're kind of going to be building up some good, not necessarily like sequel era stuff, but they're building up some good content coming out regardless. Uh, so we're not even going to have like a drought of Star Wars stuff before mm. October hits. We're going to have some good stuff coming out, which I'm really excited for. Like, this year is going to be a good Star Wars year. I love that there's so much prequel content right now, even though... It I makes sense, necessarily... too, because Palpatine's coming back. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's all it's all part of one thing, right? It I didn't love Master and Apprentice, but I like that it exists. I like that it's going to tie into this other stuff. I think that leads us nicely into... Operation Luminous quote. Yeah. Which that's a thing. Is um a collaboration between five auth one, two, three, four five authors. <laughs> it's <laughs> Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland, Charles Soule, Daniel Jose Older, and Claudia Gray doing something. My theory is that this is another multimedia project, by which I mean it's gonna be either audio or visual in some way. Um, because they're they're probing with um, Dooku into whether the audience from the books will kind of make the leap into other forms of media. And if they're successful financially, then they'll do more of those. I think Operation Luminous is going to be something like that, something multimedia. I think that if it was going to be novels, there wouldn't be... I was about to say this many authors wouldn't all be announced at the same time, but it could be a five-book series with five authors, maybe. Do you guys have any theories about this? Yeah, I assumed it was going to be multimedia in the way that, like, there would be, like, a novel, comics, like, audio thing kind of all coming around at the same time about one mm. thing. But like your idea... Science. Yeah, your idea makes more sense <laughs> if they're announcing, like, five authors at once. Uh, or, yeah, it could be, like, a five-book series where each of them takes a different thing. Or even, like, some kind of anthology, maybe. Uh, maybe, like, an audio drama anthology. That would be cool, Star Wars. You should do that. Uh, <laughs> I like the idea of it being a multimedia, like collaborative project though because that that would be something cool in you that reminds me that tie fighter number one is out now which is the tie-in to alphabet squadron and um i read one review comics with kenobi had a review of it today and it had some very intriguing things so i'm actually gonna go buy that like right now <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be getting those comic books so we can actually talk about those at some point paul oh excellent uh, yeah, I there's there's gonna be some great stuff coming out with Star Wars, and I'm excited to hear more about Operation Luminous because I'm hoping it's around Jedi. Because I mean, it's just luminous, and it had the Jedi symbol, and I want more Jedi stuff, obviously. 
there's so much yeah. happening and i think we're all really excited for star wars yes i very much feel like it's going to be connected to jedi in some way and then yeah i i don't know i don't know this is a cool lineup of authors this i really love justina ireland's land of luck um really like claudia gray in general um this is like a cool lineup so it's not like my dream lineup or anything but it's hey it's okay good. we're getting alex free doing a trilogy so it's fine I know. he's busy so <laughs> he's busy with that trilogy uh and i'm really excited to read that and talk about that i imagine we're going to be talking about master and apprentice soon because you know it's out and i think we all have copies i'm doing finger guns of paul because i don't actually know if he has a copy or not <laughs> uh, is this uh, i'm sorry of alphabet alphabet squadron no master and apprentice Oh yes, I, I I have I got my copy. Sorry, I, I I heard comic books and I know you're talking about all that stuff, but no, I, I did get uh, my copy of Master and Apprentice and I'm very excited. I was just telling Megan before the recording that I'm really enjoying it actually. So the next episode we do, I'll probably be uh, the Master and Apprentice review. I would say so. Yeah, at least some uh, other big news drops between yeah. now and then. Which knowing yeah, us, it exactly. could. Yeah, seriously. I feel like Star Wars has dropped enough news on us this month that we're probably safe for another month. Yeah, for a, yeah, for a few minutes. Yeah, for a few minutes. For I mean, sure. also, like, just a quick, like, minutes. throwaway. Uh, we also got, like, a little bit more info about the movies coming up because this is, like, the last saga movie and there's going to be a bit of a break. Uh, but apparently the next movie is going to be moving, like, in a galactic time scale, whatever that means. Um, like, we're not going to discuss that much because that's not much and it'll be a whole thing. But we're getting... We've gotten info about everything now. Surely, surely it'll be quiet for a while. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, not hopefully, <laughs> but you never I know. feel like I've jinxed it now. Yeah. It so probably... With that that news that the saga would be kind of slowing down a little bit was a mix of disappointment and relief because yeah. even for someone who for whom keeping up with Star Wars is basically my job, it's a lot to keep up with, and it. I am feeling that Star Wars fatigue a little bit. I think that's why it was hard for me to get unquestionably hyped about episode nine so far. So I think that gap is a good idea to just let the chaos die down a little bit. Let make people do like people get their breath and make sure that all the content is good. Because if you're putting out too much all at once, some of it's not going to be up to par and the, the franchise is not going away. I don't think there's a worry that it will be forgotten in, in even if <laughs> an, a movie doesn't come out in a year, you know? I mean, we wait so. a few years without a movie and it's still, it's still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm keen for them, like, to kind of, with the end of the saga, with this movie, I feel like they're finally going to have room to grow into, like, the expanded universe with books and stuff about that era. And I'm really excited about that because we're finally going to get some more info on things, hopefully. Yeah. I want to know, like, I don't, I don't care about Snoke, but I do want to know where he came from. Like, <laughs> I, I really do. I want people to stop asking me. So I really want to have an answer for, like, a fans who are like, who's Snoke? Where did he come from? Because I'm like, I don't, nobody knows. Nobody mm. knows. Not even Star Wars fans know. I'll be honest. The fact that he was manipulated, probably, I'm, I'm assuming, by Emperor Palpatine makes me definitely want to uh makes him more interesting to me to be honest mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. so that, that the idea that palpatine's been manipulating yes. this whole time is extremely mm-hmm. interesting uh and i'm also curious if this will tie into operation cinder at all because that was like in battlefront it's uh it's in other stuff like it was a whole thing where they just like completely destroyed planets and there was no real reason behind it they just did it uh and i wonder if there's like something of like that mass destruction of life 
like fueled the emperor or something like that like kept him going and i want more i want i want everything that explains everything and i hate that i've become that fan now but i want that so much so star wars has a bright future everyone has a bright future let's end this on a good note it's gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) megan where can people find you online Mm, people if you really must if you really insist (laughs) you must if you really want to deal with twitter on your own which i don't recommend you doing i can be found on twitter at blog full of words twitter is exhausting (laughs) but um i can also be found at den of geek i have a lot of coverage from star wars celebration as do my esteemed colleagues probably the most interesting i have a thing that is up there now is a list of uh who leia's resistance allies might be including ones that are confirmed to come back like lando and also some wild guesses like enfis nest who is probably not going to be in the movie but i made a decent argument about why she could be (laughs) i want her back but also we didn't even talk about the fact lando's back oh my god anyways that's for another time (laughs) now we have a good article (laughs) a little bit so you can check those out if you want i also write for star wars insider and starwars.com all right, Paul, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. And uh, my other Star Wars podcast, The Saga Continues. Uh, also, my Marvel show, uh, Marvel Newscast. We Endgame comes out this week, and then we just did a big road uh, or Endgame uh, series about every character or all the major characters from Avengers, and we went through their what what, what we print, we gotta go through, through their past and how that that kind of affects their Endgame, meaning that where, where they end up after Endgame, and we had a lot of fun with that. We just released our Captain America episode with and then we followed it up with a surprise thanos episode so <laughs> lots of cool stuff there at marvel newscast on twitter follow it and uh yeah check it out check it out and where can we find blaster cannon on twitter blaster cannon pod at, at blaster cannon pod c-a-n-o-n uh that kind of canon check us yep. out uh you can find me on twitter at wanderlustin w-a-n-d-e-r-l-u-s-t-a-n and you can also find me at notsafwork.com, which is where my podcast network is. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. If you didn't make it a celebration, I hope we brought some of the joy of it to you. If you did make it a celebration, I hope we reminded you of that joy. And I hope everyone is very excited for the upcoming Star Wars because I know I am. And it's nice to feel that again. That that sounded kind of negative. It's nice to feel excited about Star Wars. I, I love it. I love Star Wars. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.